podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing today? So good. Good morning. Happy July. Thankful that we have made it to July in the football offseason. And uh, it's heating up and we're, we're getting on our way. Yeah, we are in the uh, the dog days of the NFL offseason for sure. Training camp is, could not get here fast enough, but this is that that stage of time where we are looking for any and everything to talk about. Luckily, there is is plenty. Today's episode, we're going to catch you up on a couple breaking news things. We're going to talk a little fantasy football for the 49ers. So if you're in mine and Daniel's fantasy football league, we politely ask that you turn down the volume, but keep streaming this episode for that section. And then we will be finishing up with the next four games of our schedule preview. So big, big, fun episode for you guys. And not trying to help you out, Tommy or Guy or Steve Cito. None of you guys not trying to help you out. Yeah, no, I'm going for a championship here. Maybe maybe this is disinformation. You don't know. I'm just kidding, listeners. We would never do that to you. We value our integrity (laughs) too much. So first, the breaking news of the NFL world that does have some implications for the 49ers. So we do unfortunately need to talk about it is that quarterback Baker Mayfield has been traded from the Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers. It was something like a conditional fifth round pick in 2024, and they're splitting the salary between the two teams. The Panthers are not giving up very much to bring in Mayfield. He will be the best quarterback on their roster. There's tons to talk about with what's going on there, but why this matters to the 49ers is that pretty much checks off the final box of potential trade destinations for quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know, Daniel, is there anywhere else you could see him going right now? Uh, Not in a starting role. Um, I don't really see any team trading for Jimmy Garoppolo at this point or even closer to the season and naming him their starter. Um, even if there are some quarterbacks that he is better than, like I really hope there's just no one who truly believes that Geno Smith or Drew Locke are better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But just because Jimmy's better does not mean a team is going to go out and trade for him, acquire that contract, and bring him on to be their starting quarterback as a bridge. Um, it is very clear that the Seattle Seahawks are not expecting to win a Super Bowl this year. And they have made it very clear that this is a bridge year while they have gotten some good draft capital and hope to get some more next year. They're putting the likes of Geno Smith and Drew Locke out there and they don't want anyone who's better. They want those guys to do it. And Pete Carroll wants to keep his job. And so they're not trying to go out and get Jimmy. Um, I've seen talk of, Hey, Jimmy can be traded to the Texans to back up or give pressure to Davis Mills. He can be traded to yeah. the Saints to back up uh, injury. Uh, injury riddled is the word I want. Uh, quarterback Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is riddled with a lot of things. Riddled with a lot of things like yeah. eye surgery. Uh, but uh, the, the thing that I see most likely 
I don't even like saying most likely. I think that just somewhat makes the most sense is Jimmy Garoppolo switching, not switching places with Baker, but heading to Cleveland because Jimmy Garoppolo would be a much more desired quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And, and maybe if the, if the Deshaun Washington suspension news comes down and that's likely to happen sometime in the next couple of weeks, maybe that opens up an opportunity. I think the thing hanging over this is, and I think it was Robert Mays on the athletic NFL show. I heard talk to this, but people are saying it everywhere is that this is a different situation in that if the 49ers cut Jimmy before the final 53 man roster, they save like a, like, 23 of the 25 million on his contract in terms of cap hit like they don't have to carry a particularly large cap hit into 2022 if they release him which is different than the browns mayfield situation and so because of that especially if you're eyeing jimmy as a backup a lot of teams are gonna are gonna kind of get into a game of chicken with the 49ers here saying well we know you can cut him for minimal punishment on your on your books so why, like, why would we trade you to take on this big contract when if we want him as our backup, we could potentially sign him at, at whatever we want at backup money. So that, that is hanging over the heads of everything. And with all that, the fact that the 49ers really won't be able to trade him and, or cut him until he proves he can throw again from this shoulder surgery, which I think really messed up the 49ers timeline. The Niners have not said this publicly, but I would imagine they weren't thrilled when that happened because the the Panthers could have been a Jimmy Garoppolo destination, but that was pretty much washed away because he can't be traded right now or no one's going to trade for him right now with this shoulder surgery hanging. It was my number one destination. Yeah, for sure. Carolina would have made a lot of sense. I think Mayfield might have slightly more upside than Jimmy. As much as I'm a Jimmy guy, Mayfield's a young guy who at times has looked really good. But I think I I think the Niners really just need to wait it out and and have him sit out training camp so that he doesn't there's nothing weird going on with him and Trey and then cut him if they can't find a trade partner, but maybe hang on as long as you can in the hopes that like the Sam Bradford injury happens. That's really all you can hope for is that somebody goes down and there's a team like say Kirk cousins goes down in Minnesota and Minnesota looks around and goes, well, we need someone to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and run this offense. And that's how, that's how you wind up trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, and at the Vikings, it's the same thing as the Sam Bradford trade. So good. good Every time you give this example, you always use Kirk cousins. Do I really? Yeah, you hoping Kirk Cousins breaks his leg or something? No, I just think Kirk Cousins <laughs> is like the most similar quarterback to Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> just to, well, because Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins is Jimmy Garoppolo, but without the handsomeness and confidence. Hey, I don't know, man. Kirk Kirk's not a bad looking guy. I'll without the confidence, then. <laughs> without the confidence in a cannon, but um, no. yeah, it's just such a tricky situation i mean it's not even a tricky situation anymore it's just a bummer for niners fans where it's taken so long um man someone would have made a lot of money if they had bet that this saga would take this with this long uh but hey he's here uh he's been good to us we're trying to be good to him um we would love to see that move happen before training camp Another quick thing I want to talk about is a, a move we would like to see before training camp is that J.C. Treader is still a free agent. You know, last week we talked about Jake Brendel is currently, it seems like he is the plan at center. And I don't know much about Jake yet. Haven't seen him play a lot. Don't have anything against him. But J.C. Treader is one of the best centers in the NFL, from my understanding, one of the top 10 
very least. And he is still a free agent. Uh, and maybe we just don't have the money to sign him. I understand that we still need a Debo extension. We still need a Bosa extension. Um, and until we save that money on Garoppolo's contract, assuming we do, we might not have that space. Um, but it's frustrating yeah, I, to see I him I will open. say that, that John Lynch has spoken publicly and said that the Jimmy Garoppolo contract is not an obstacle for those ex- extensions. Is it? I don't know, but what the team has said is that and when you look at something like the Fred Warner extension, the team has shown that they can sign massive contract extensions in ways that make the cap hit in the current year smaller. So I, I am inclined to believe Lynch on that, that actually it's not a, a, a stopping point, a sticking point in those negotiations. But I mean, it's time, it's time to get, to get Garoppolo off this roster. And yeah. that, that's a fact. And it's a cool thing that I like that you noted that it's a really cool thing because it's the players who make that possible. You know, these guys aren't making their big money in the first couple of years after their extension, they're waiting a good amount of time. And that's awesome. Um, good on them to want to be playing and football when you, with when each you roll other. Things with a good into signing, when you move things into signing bonuses and stuff, it can really, you can do a lot of, a lot of salary cap wizardry. $25 million signing bonus for Fred Warner as he plays. Yeah. Um, all right, should we move on? Daniel had another subject that we got to talk about because it's have awesome. To. Have, have to, to have to have to speak to this one. I the, assume the majority of listeners have played Madden. Everyone loves hopefully. Madden. Eh. Everyone love somewhat loves Madden, Madden. But like, but like, come on, Madden. Like they're not, they're not what they used to be. But anyway, Madden gives out player rankings every year. 99 overall in Madden is the best someone can be in Madden. And I think the 49ers have a couple 90-99-99 overall guys, but 49ers starting left tackle Trent Williams just became the first offensive lineman ever to be given a 99 overall in Madden. And he deserves it. He's the best offensive lineman in the NFL. He deserves everything that's coming to him. And good for you, Trent. I saw an article uh, giving reasons why he should be a 100 overall. Um, and I don't know if they understand that that means that he's perfect uh, and he will never let a sack. He can Madden would be broken if a man, especially a left tackle was a hundred overall rating. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is awesome. Uh, if you saw the video of his reaction, it was priceless. Um, he was, it. he was stunned. Um, Trent is known to be a pretty energetic dude hyped up for games. And uh, he was, he was in his feels when he got let into being 99 overall. So that was cool. Um, Trent Williams has quite the story too. I mean, battle. He really with, is. Brain cancer, right? I mean, just a really incredible. Yeah, incredible I know. Morale. It like it's, it's pretty amazing that he is, that he is still, still here. I think there's a documentary on his life that I should probably, we should probably watch, but yeah, just, just really amazing that he's managed to recover from all that and, and come back to, um, to be still being the best left tackle in the NFL. Yeah, he, it was, oh my gosh. Okay. You, you ready for me to, oh, where to go? It's going to try to pronounce this word. It's going to try to pronounce the, the dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans, a sarcoma. It was a, it was a cancer on his, on his, uh, on his head. And he had, a, I don't know if it's brain surgery. He had a surgery to remove it. And you know, that led to a whole fight with the, the Washington medical staff, but long story short, yep. this guy has, has been through a lot and has managed to recover to come back to being a, um, an all timer again. And he's just, uh, 
he's yeah i'm just I'm good for fan. you for pronouncing that word that was that was big i'm really thank thankful you. i didn't have to thank you i'm a professional yeah practice it <laughs> in the shower okay let's move um, on all right <laughs> time to talk a little a little fantasy football we all play it we all love it we're all bad at it maybe we'll be a little better <laughs> after listening to the next segment of the 49ers unrestricted podcast. Yeah. Cause this is what's going to break me over the, the curve to win my season. Yeah. You never know. You never know what we're going to focus on the 49ers today, which ones you should draft, which ones you should stay away from how yeah. to handle the 49ers running back room is worth talking about because I try every year and fail. Well, no, I was okay last year. Um, but yeah, Daniel, well, who are the 49ers you want on your fantasy football teams? Uh, is Nick Bosa an option? No. Well, in some weird leagues, probably. In some weird defensive leagues. Uh, Debo Samuel is the number one fantasy football 49er that you want on your team. Um, I have him on the dynasty league that Timmy and I are, I are in together. Um, I had Debo on a redraft league last year, and I did phenomenal in those two teams. Um, and it was awesome. I wouldn't say I did phenomenal in Timmy's my dynasty league. Actually, I would take that back. Uh, I was in a, a big full rebuild the last two years before, and I was not expecting to contend uh, this last year, but with uh, four first round picks drafting Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, and Trevor Lawrence, uh, I sure was able to contend a little bit. Uh, and a lot of that was thanks to Debo Samuel. He Can was I... electric. Oh, yeah. Can I be yeah. controversial? Oh, come on. I don't think you should draft Debo Samuel in fantasy football this year. Oh, I'm I'm a little with you on that. I was just more so poking at last yeah. year. Getting to so getting I, to I think if year. you if you can have Debo Samuel on your team, it'll be great. He's a phenomenal player. He's one of the most like dynamic players in the NFL, and it'll be fun to watch. You'll watch him rack up fantasy points. Hopefully he's on the Niners. It'll be a good time. But Debo is going 16th overall in fantasy drafts right now. So that puts Yikes. him in the, in the mid second round, a top 10 wide receiver being drafted. And he was that last season. I think he finished as the number two fantasy receiver overall. Um, oh no, he was, he was number, oh no, these are rankings. Sorry. I'm trying to, let me, I'll figure out that and get back to you, he but did. he finished pretty, uh, he finished top three, top four fantasy wide receivers. But here's the thing. So much of that was reliant on Debo being uh, playing the running back, the wide back role that he really, really created for himself. And now I pr precaution here that I have said before, I don't think you, I said going into last year, I didn't really want Debo on my fantasy teams and I was very incorrect, but one of the major sticking points, it seems of the 49ers contract negotiations with Debo is his usage is him not necessarily wanting to be used in the same way in the run game that he was last year. And so much of his fantasy value last season came from that usage in the run game. Now, I think the 49ers will still do everything they can to get Debo Samuel the ball at all times. But if he doesn't get those five or so rushing snaps a game, is he, is he the same top, top, top elite guy? And is he worth going at the 16th pick in fantasy drafts? I, I don't know. I think I'd rather grab a running back there. I So if you have Debo Samuel in a dynasty league, phenomenal. Hold on. If you, have him in a, if you have him in a keeper league, fantastic. Keep him. Should you be taking him in a redraft league? I'm, I'm not sure. And that's, I'm just, 
I'm I'm not sure he's worth the price if he's not going to get that same usage that he got last year. Yeah, I would agree. He is a big question mark comparatively to last year because, you know, there's been so much talk about him not wanting to be used as a hybrid in the same way. But if we remember, even without the rushing attempts, the Yak brothers, he's still amazing with how many yards he can get after that catch and he can rack that up big time. But is that enough? Does he truly hold that same value exactly. without the rushing? He'd no, he does you'd not love hold the to same have value. on your team. He'd be a guy you love, you would love to have on your team. He's gonna put up points, but is he worth going in whether your second round pick in a fantasy draft when you could probably grab a someone maybe like DeAndre Swift or someone someone maybe more more stable? I don't know. I think if I I think the 49ers wide receiver I actually would want more would be Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk will probably go be going later in drafts. And I think it seemed like he had a good rapport with, with Trey Lance. I'm, I'm very interested in, in Ayuk at the right, at the right spot. I'm checking his ADP right now, but average draft position. Don't want to be dropping uh, acronyms on you guys without explanations, but I, I think Ayuk could be a value could be someone who is going, going a lot higher. So he's going, it looks like right around like the hundredth player in rankings you can get him a lot, a lot later in your draft. And I think that he's going, yeah, the hundredth pick. I mean, that's, that's the ninth or 10th round, maybe in a 10 league, in a, in a 10 team league that that's a value. I think on the app that Timmy and I both love uh, sleeper, the best I believe it is app. the best fantasy football us, app out the there. Best. They don't pay us, but maybe they will. I don't think this is the first time we've said, maybe they will. Um, Debo yet. Samuel is the 21st ranked player on sleeper in terms of in, in a mock draft. And Brendan Ayuk is the 95th. Yeah. I don't think you're getting out of the second round with Debo still on the board. And that just might be a little more than I want to pay for a guy who has said he doesn't want to do what made him valuable last season. Yeah. And again, uh, I just did a mock draft real quick to try to show where he might go. Um, and a mock draft is just a compute computer simulated draft. Um, and so Debo Samuel just went, uh, the 3.3 in a 10, 10 team league. So he was selected third in the third round. Um, he was behind Cooper cup, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Devonte Adams. So he was not drafted as the wide receiver too. So you could already see his regression in his average draft position because of the controversy with his, I don't think the controversy with the extension has anything to do go with this, but it's the controversy with how he wants to be used with how he's willing to be used. And it's a risk. And so taking a lot of these other guys at that point could be a much better option when you know what you're getting. You know, he went right before he went right after Saquon Barkley. I'm taking Debo Samuel over Saquon Barkley any day. But Josh Allen was the was two picks before him. I'm taking Josh Allen before Debo Samuel. Maybe even if Debo was ranked at the second wide receiver still. Um, but we'll wrap up our Debo part and say that I would not draft him where he. I would not draft him in the second yeah. round for fear he's not as productive as he was last year. But then you the other side of that coin is, man, what did he not do last year to show you that? He's able to do it again. Uh, his desire this is not, to want to do it again. This is not anti-Debo. Like I, 
love Debo. I think he would be really fun to have on a fantasy team. I think he's one of the best players in the NFL. Love the guy. Like, this is not like Debo. If you're listening, we love you. This is just. You want to make a trade right you, now? No, I'm okay. I think you might be <laughs> able to. I, I just think you might be able to get a better pick. I, I just think he's going high in drafts. I do. And he, he deserves to, but I just, I don't know if I'm paying that. Um, for a guy who's had injury struggles as well. Let's, uh, let's hop over to the running back position real fast. 49ers running back every year in fantasy football. Whoever plays running back for the 49ers puts up points. It's without a question, they put up points. The question is, are they going to stay healthy? And who's it going to be? The only 49ers running back I personally will be touching in fantasy football is Elijah Mitchell coming off a great rookie season last year. In dynasty leagues, I have stashed Tyrion Davis-Price where available. I, I've stashed him in, in the league I have Elijah Mitchell in, but Mitchell was great for me last season, and I, I am going to roll with him again. I'm not 100% sure his, his ADP. Let me check that. But he's the only one I really want to mess with. If he's down... I would play, I think I would, I would play someone like Davis price. I would play someone like sermon, play someone like hasty or Wilson with confidence. And that's so Elijah Mitchell's going at ADP number 50. That's in the fourth or fifth round. I think that's a reasonable value. I'd probably make that grab if he can stay healthy. And I think he's bulked up a little. I, I think he will be a really valuable, a really valuable fantasy asset. And then the trick is to just make sure that when he's down, you're ready to go with the Jeff Wilson, Jr. Jermichael hasty, uh, Tyrion Davis price, maybe Trey sermon, whoever that other guy is, you're ready with them. But yeah, the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, whoever their running back has been has produced for fantasy. So I, I think it's worth, it's worth a grab wherever you can get them. Yeah. Timmy, I was, I was going to ask, what would you say, is the strategy for the 49ers run game fantasy wise? How do you attack this running back room if you're having any of them on your team? What's the strategy here? Play one, don't play multiple, don't stash multiple, maybe stash, maybe grab two, maybe grab Elijah Mitchell in the fourth or the fifth if you can get him there and stash Tyrion Davis price with like your last pick in the draft. It's probably what I would do in a okay. redraft league. I, I read rather yet. Yeah, and so, and that's the thing you want to be ready to have one of the other guys because the 49ers, whoever it is, will be good. But the week Elijah Mitchell is out, you're going to want to be able to stick somebody else in there. Absolutely. So last year on my other dynasty team that Timmy and I are, or it's a different league. Sadly, Timmy is not in this one. I have Elijah Mitchell. And last year I had Jeff Wilson. See, I think that's it. No, I, I did not have Trey Sermon. It wouldn't have mattered, but I just goes to show that I had three instead of four. And I believe that was the strategy for me was having just about every running back possible for the 49ers to use because the 49ers run the ball so much and they do it so well, where Timmy and I have talked all the time about the next man up mentality in the running back room specifically. You know, we've seen that teams have used that phrase all the time. We've seen that in our secondary but whoever is the starting running back on Sunday or Monday or Thursday for the 49ers, they're almost guaranteed 15 to 20 points because the volume of always so high. So Elijah Mitchell, when, when he's starting, he plays a full game. He's getting you 20 points, even if his average of yards uh, per attempt isn't awesome or doesn't even get touchdowns but he's just racking up the yards over so many touches and that like the same thing, Jeff Wilson has had some incredible games filling in as a starting running back. Um, so it's pretty much, 
you get when you for a deeper dynasty league, if you have the ability to stash guys or have guys on your bench, you get all the Niners running backs and you have a starting running back every week, no matter what. And you could make that same argument for any team in the running back room. Just not every, every team's backup is able to get it done as well as the Niners do. And Timmy and I have talked so many times about how that's more of Kyle's system than it is just purely the talent in the running back room. 100%. It's the system. But let's specifically talk. So Elijah Mitchell, uh, you said 50th overall about there. I think that's awesome value, especially for a, a starting running back um, where it's an, I would not say the Niners have a committee. Um, Elijah Mitchell is hands down the starting running back. Um, so I think 50th overall for a, a good running back is doesn't even matter. But I would say Elijah Mitchell being a rookie last year and um, breaking records, I think a sophomore year is poised for more. So I think he's actually potentially my favorite pick at favorite selection at that average draft position of any yeah. nine are available. I think he's a good, I think he's a good pick. The next who would you fantasy say 49 the, Oh, sorry. I was just going to wrap up the running back room and say, who do you think is the, the, the order here? I know we talked about the depth chart, but is, is Davis price truly the next viable option for fantasy? And He's the one who interests me the most, I think. Davis Price definitely interests me the most out of the 49ers fantasy options. And I think that's because of his speed. The 49ers running back room, that's that has seemed to be like the limiting factor in what Kyle Shanahan wants. And I think that's part of what's given the team issues with bringing in a bigger back. And now we have Davis Price, who is this bigger back, but who also has some really, really high top-level speed. I think that's something that's that might might make him a little more appealing to Kyle Shanahan. So he's the guy I'm the most interested in, but is that just because I haven't seen him before and he's the unknown? Maybe. I would agree. Um, again, I think it's kind of the same thing where if, if I've in my league where I've got Elijah Mitchell, I'm going to try to get Davis price and Jeff Wilson. I like that strategy. It worked for me last year. I like having running backs on my bench because dynasty leagues, I feel like it's hard to have some good options there. So I want to make sure that a starting running back every Sunday to go along with the other guys that I got. So. Yeah. Well, um, we got to move on to the, the elephant in the room when it comes to the 49ers fantasy football, the guy you're going to hear talked about and debated over more than anyone else on any fantasy football podcast you listen to. And that is Trey Lance. It's going to be the 49ers starting quarterback. Hopefully if he's not, we're all going to have temper tantrums, but he is going most likely to be the fans. 49ers quarterback has really, really high level rushing potential in one game that he played. He put up 20 fantasy points and a half. He did not look fantastic last season. He's going to be better. He's going at one Oh two in ADP. He's got the deep ball. He, and most importantly for fantasy football, he has the legs, the man can run. And that is what you want at the quarterback position. We've seen plenty of guys who are not good quarterbacks, but who run be incredibly valuable fantasy, fantasy football quarterbacks. I think Jalen hurts last season is a great example. No, no dig at Jalen hurts, but as a passer, he needs to improve. I actually think he will. That's beside Lamar Jackson. We've seen guys who maybe aren't even the best high level passers, but who can run be top, top level fantasy quarterbacks. Now I think Trey Lance has the ability to be a top level passer. I'm optimistic. He will be this season, but 
even just with the rushing baseline of we expect Trey Lance to run, he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback. I am all over Trey Lance anywhere I can get him. And let me just read you a quote from a little well-known NFL player named Robert Griffin III. He said he can run both systems. He can run what I ran and he can run what Jimmy Garoppolo runs. And that's what the 49ers need. And RG3, when he was a Kyle Shanahan quarterback, was running all over the field. So I'm I'm optimistic for Trey Lance's fantasy value. If he's going in the ninth or tenth round, I'm all over it. I'm taking him. I I would I want him in redraft leagues. I have him in our dynasty league and I'm excited about it. I am very very optimistic on Trey Lance's fantasy potential this season because I don't even think, I think he's going to be very good, but even if I'm wrong and he's not good, I still think he's going to run the ball a lot. So I, I think Trey Lance is probably actually the 49er I want most on my fantasy teams this fall. On a sleeper, he is the 13th rated quarterback. He is 109 average draft position on the mock draft that I have pulled up. And I believe that's relatively accurate. You know, he's a, he's a rookie quarterback. He has not played well. I guess technically he's not a rookie anymore, but he's a rookie starter where he's, he's taken the reins this whole year. So that's his first time doing that. Um, he's right above Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Tua. He's right below Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. Big names, old guys. So I think I might want Trey Lance more than all three of those guys because they don't run. They don't run, but they've got their passing volume just about every week. But I will say in the last couple of years, you know, Brady and Rogers both have their good weeks. And if it's not a pretty monstrous week, it's a pretty terrible week. And that's Um, where that rushing baseline really, really makes a difference. Now let's look at, at something real quick. Sorry. Give me a second. I should have pulled this up already. I'm pulling up Jalen Hurts's fantasy fantasy stats last season by game now he the offense shifted throughout the season but let's just let's look at this Jalen Hurts to end the season last season put up these are Jalen Hurts fantasy finishes all year ready he put up 28 points 21 I'm, I'm just ignoring the decimals 22 28 23 26 23 11 you gotta have a bad week in there 16 19 30 9 and those, and then he was off week 14 by week and then 28, 16, 13. Now that is a really, really high level floor for fantasy quarterback. And that is built on rushing. And that is what Trey Lance offers that those other guys don't. And he's probably going to be cheaper. Now, Trey Lance is going to soar in drafts. Probably he's going to go up. Eventually he's going to be confirmed as the 49er starter. That's going to bump him up. People are going to get more and more hyped over this guy just because they haven't seen him. But I'm I'm in. I want Jay, I want Trey Lance in fantasy football. I mean, this is Trey Lance last season, and he started what two games and played a half. He put up in week 17 against Houston, he put up 20.1 fantasy points. In week four against Seattle, remember, this is the game where he just came in in the second half. So he played one half and he put up 20.4 fantasy points in one half of football. That would have been 40.8 fantasy points had he played the whole game at that pace. And then against Arizona, his first game as a starter, he put up 15.6 points. I think you can throw that out. He was clearly jittery. It was his first game as a starter. Comes back week 17, 20.1 fantasy points. He was dealing with an injury all last season where he had to relearn how to how he was gripping the football because of that finger chip. I, I'm very excited about Trey Lance for the 49ers. But regardless of even if I think he's going to be a quarterback, 
I'm like really confident he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback. He's got all the tools to, and similar to other guys that have shown that they're good fantasy quarterbacks, that they can get it done in multiple ways, whether it's yardage, whether it's rushing or touchdowns of any kind. Um, and we know a, a QB rushing touchdown is crucial to a good week of fantasy football. So I actually don't think if he's, if Jimmy's gone, uh, that Trey rises a whole lot. I think that sleeper and other fancy platforms already have him as a starter. I think that he's, he's for me, he's probably properly projected to where. And if you're dynasty startup this year, you draft him early because this is the lowest you'll ever get him. Um, before we wrap up our fantasy part, uh, we got to talk George Kittle when we can do it briefly, Timmy, but tell me where does George Kittle rank in your opinion of tight ends? Is he ahead of Kelsey Andrews Waller or is he behind any of those guys? I think he's behind Kelsey and Andrews and I'll tell you why not in terms of ability. I think Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL, but he's not, he's not the number one receiving option on the 49ers. Travis Kelsey is the best receiving option on the chiefs. And Mark Andrews is probably the best receiving option on the Ravens. And so there is something to, I want a tight end to when the quarterback looks downfield, they're looking first to the tight end. I want George Kittle on fan in fantasy. I will probably have him on a lot of teams in fantasy, but I think he's, I think he's a little behind those guys just because I think the team around him is better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe Kittle, just like you said, is the best tight end around. And a lot of that comes with blocking. A lot of that comes with how he's involved in the play, even when he's not necessarily in the play. Um, So I think that's a huge part. I think he is behind those guys. Andrews and Kelsey have a healthier track record. Um, Not everyone can go as hard as George Kittle. And uh, I think that at three, he's properly ranked Um, in other places and other uh, rankings. I see that Kyle Pitts is ahead of him. Um, sometimes even Darren Waller is ahead of him, um, but I would still have George Kittle as the number three tight end in even fantasy football, uh, but just tight ends in general. Georgie is at the top. Timmy, let's wrap up our podcast with our next four weeks yep. of the schedule. Um, Time to rip off through some five, predictions. Where we Panthers. Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers at this time? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. He will be at Baker Mayfield will be the Panthers starting quarterback in week five when we play them. Um, should be a pretty easy game. Um, I don't want to get caught saying that and then have another start to the season like we did last year, but not a not a crazy offense here, even with Baker there. Christian McCaffrey, we'll see if he's healthy at this time or not. Um, hard to tell nowadays. Um, would love to see that guy get out of Carolina and and be on a winning team. But uh Definitely a, a budding young defense, but don't think it's going to have anything to answer for with this new offense with a cannon at quarterback. So excited to yeah. see how, how much fun they can have here. Kind of a similar yeah. story, and we're going to give that one a win. That one's a win. So I believe, sure. I believe we're four and one at this point. I think we gave a loss to the Rams. Um, let's go with four and one. We're moving yeah. down to where an, another – same division we're up against. Uh, we are at the Atlanta Falcons here. Uh, kind of same story, but just uh, a little more. I would make this an easier win, seeing as this is a horrible offense. 
um, arguably yeah. one of the worst in the NFL with Calvin Ridley suspended an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have a rookie wide receiver one. They're going to have a rookie running back one, I believe, if it's Tyler. Is it Algier? Algier? Algier, I think. Algier. Sure. I believe he's going to be the starting running back. Probably. Um, so two rookies as their, their starters. Potentially, Desmond Ritter is the starting quarterback to start the I year like or at this point. That could be Walmart three starting rookies at vital positions. So yeah, talk talk oh, about a rebuild. This is here. yeah, the Falcons are are big in on a rebuild year. I like their coach. I think they will rebuild well. But yeah, no, this is not this is not their year. Chalk this one up in the W column for the 49ers and we'll uh, we'll move along. <laughs> that one's an easy one. Move Next along, up, move, okay, we have a uh, sorry, we have I'll, a I'll sing my song rematch later. from January 2020. The oh 49ers boy. take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a at very, home. very at, at home. Yeah, this is a very, very different Chiefs team than 49ers saw last time around. Tyreek Hill is gone. Juju Smith-Schuster is in. in. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is in. These are very, very different teams. But Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid is still Andy Reid. The defense last year on the Chiefs was pretty abysmal, and I think it will be this year too. Can I make I, a pr- quick prediction? Yeah. I just know uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to make some deep play that's going to be pivotal to this game. Probably. Probably. I just <laughs> Probably. Uh, I don't know. Yes. I don't know what to really expect on this one. I am, to be honest, pretty hesitant to predict a win. I think the Chiefs are going to be worse this year than they have been in previous seasons, but I've thought that before, and it's really hard to bet against one of the best coaches in NFL history and one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Like, I'm inclined to believe they'll figure it out, but I also just, like, there's been so much change. Like, at some point, it's got to catch up to you, so I don't know. This is this is my 30-second pitch. I think that uh, I, I believe most people would agree Bill Belichick and Tom Brady is the best coach quarterback duo in NFL history. I believe that this homes are going to be anything close to them or on their same level at some point in their careers because uh, Brady did not have a consistent hit a few consistent weapons throughout his career, but it was a revolving door. It seemed, and maybe that was just because he was in new England for so long, but Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, biggest playmaker is gone. Kelsey's still there, but he has been the foundation for him, not as much the biggest playmaker. So now, you know, you got Juju. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Juju. I don't think he's that great of, a, of an option anymore. Um, but now it's going to be the real test. Can Patrick Mahomes make other guys great as well, like Tom Brady has? Or does he need to have someone of a similar skill set who can, you know, get to the ball like Tyreek did and make the plays like Tyreek did? Or is that kind of their special connection and Mahomes is going to have to adjust to his receivers or is he going to help make them better? And this is the year where we see that where, yes, he has Kelsey, but he doesn't have these massive other options. And so I'm curious to see how that truly goes. Um, And we want to say the Chiefs are a scary team. And of course, we're going to lose because it's the Chiefs, but it's not the same Chiefs anymore. It's not the same Chiefs. It's not as solid of a defense. They still have some studs, um, but Tyron Matthew is gone. Chris Jones is still there. Frank Clark isn't as good as he used to be. 
Linebacker Nick Bolton is, is, is rising. They have some good young guys coming up, but this is a toss-up. And because it's at home, Trey Lance, I'm going to win. I'm going to win here. I'm saying six you want to go win? and one. I will. I want to go. I win. will roll with you on that. I don't know what to predict. I have, I'm scared to predict this game. But if you if you think it's a win, I'll say it's a win too. Yeah. Moving on right. to our last week of this episode. We're week and eight. We're back with the Rams. We are back with the Rams. We are back in SoFi. We are in Levi's B. The other stadium of the 49ers. Levi's South. Levi's South is what they call it. Hard prediction. Um, we played them in week four. Remind me what we predicted last time for the last 49ers Rams game. For just earlier in this schedule? Yeah, earlier in this schedule. We gave ourselves, that's the first loss we gave ourselves. Okay, then I think we win. I think we'll split them. I think we'll split them, and I... I, I do. La- I, part of me doesn't want to because last year we didn't split them, but I let's not pretend like that's going to be the new norm or at least yeah. expected norm. It could be the norm. The 49ers um, for a long time owned the Rams, but the, the Niners got that. The Rams got that monkey off their back last season on the way to a Super Bowl. So I don't know if we can just do the same, like the 49ers own the Rams thing that I like to say, but we do own the Rams. And Kyle Shanahan owns yeah. Sean McVay. So but the, Kyle, the Sean McVay is Kyle Shanahan's son meme got a little less fun after the NFC championship last year. It, too, which is still great, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. So I think maybe we should have predicted a loss to the Panthers or something as a, as a buffer there. But uh, these are all games that we should win for the Panthers and Falcons and Chiefs yeah. and Rams. These are doable games. We have done it. Um, yeah. I think a lot of this will depend on the state of our roster how healthy are our offensive defensive guys? Um, what's our line looking like? Is Jake Brendel holding down center or are we yeah, that, missing the out line is, too much? The O-line really scares me, to be honest. We haven't talked about that in a while, but we'll we'll hit that up when we do like roster talk, but I'm scared of the 49ers O-line. But yeah, so now we have the 49ers at uh, seven and one coming out of week eight on our predictions. Seven now let's do it. One. Let's predict it. Let's be bold. Seven and one. Let's be bold. Yep. Um, uh, that heads us into week nine as a bye. Yeah, we're already through the 49ers bye week on our predictions. Yeah, week nine. I feel like week nine is a good a good week to have a bye, kind of mid season, get a get a breather. Um, that's that's what I would like to have. I don't know what NFL players would like to have, but that's that's what I would. So. That's our that's our jam packed fantasy episode yeah. for you. Uh, next four games in our schedule. Uh, we'll continue with the schedule um, when we meet again, and uh, we're gonna talk a little more about our specific division because we play yeah. divisional uh, breakdown. Divisional breakdown because we play the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Rams twice. We got to know what what it's looking like in their yeah. hometown as well. So until then, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Stay safe out there, everybody, and we will uh, see you back here in a couple weeks.